0: Okay, welcome to Guest of the Year. I'm the host. My name's Mike. Today we've got five deadheads from around the country competing for a prize pack donated by Play Dead. Thank you to Play Dead. And that's actually a great segue. Joining us as our first ever guest setlist curator is Charlie Milkshake's dad, Mason, who is the man behind Instagram account from The Lot and also Play Dead. Mason picked the entire setlist and will be breaking down each song after the song plays. Welcome, Mason.
1: Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me.
0: All right, here's how the game works. We'll play the first part of a Grateful Dead live track, and each contestant will use the messaging system to silently guess which year their performance is from. Contestants who are all on video chat to prevent any possibility of cheating can submit their guesses at any time during the clip or in the 10 seconds after it concludes. Whoever is furthest from the correct year is eliminated. The last two Deadheads standing will have a best of three series to determine a winner. We've got our returning champion Smigo here with us, and we'll meet the rest of the Deadheads in a moment, but first, let's hear the first song. Without further ado... The Grateful Dead. All right, the guesses are in. Going down the road feeling bad at Golden Gate Park on September 28th, 1975. Mason, talk us through that one. Why'd you pick that?
1: Okay, few things, right? When we first started talking, you challenged me. No repeats. You've done 11 episodes. So, um, you know, whatever, like, fan of 500 plus songs. But when you're playing, trying to play a game, you know, you can take 200 right off the top, right? Because they only got played once or... They only got played, you know, within the two-year time span or something. So it eliminates it, right? Then for me, like, you know, usually my go-to was like 69 is probably my favorite year to like 73. So then I tried to like challenge myself personally and do stuff that's like maybe out of my comfort zone or my go-to. And then on top of that, my favorite member was Jerry Garcia. But I think that Jerry's guitar tone and or his tone of voice right that's pretty much so a dead giveaway so then i tried to get away from that as well
0: so you um you have the play dead store you have from the lot instagram where you highlight designers and artists how did you get into the dead and how did you end up in the position you are now um
1: so in high school a buddy of mine had the Bertha poster on his wall and um i grew up like skateboarding and i was into punk rock and stuff right i was like you know, 13 or 14, when I started hanging out with that kid. So I got into the Grateful Dead in high school, but like my father's record collection, he had American Beauty and um, Working Mans. And I'll be honest, like those albums didn't speak to me, right? Because like I said, I was more into like punk rock and stuff. Um, But then I discovered, um, what was it like Skull and Roses, right? And like The Eleven and like, you know, that kind of stuff, like, you know, the early other one. And like, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is more like, you know, garage rock, like faster, like and then it put into perspective, right? Like Jerry taking like the eleven out there for a walk that hard in nineteen sixty nine, like, yeah, nobody was doing that shit. And honestly, even to this day, right? Like 69 is my magical year. Um, you know, that's my go to. Like, um, usually on on my Instagram from the lot every morning I'll do I'll highlight like this day in history and You know, like I said, I'm more in that 69 to 73 zone. Um, My first show, um, 12th grade, was uh, December 9th, 1989, the Los Angeles Forum. And then um, I had graduated and turned 18, all like in that time span. So I started touring in 1990, like spring 90, I hit the road. Um, Honestly, I didn't come home until like the end of fall 94. So I did my time, you know, and then as... I started going to shows and actually learning the catalog, you know, because my first tour, like, I wasn't familiar with everything. Um, you know, I started learning the songs more. And, like, then, you know, people in law, like, started to put me on the tapes, right? And then that's how I sort of found my sweet spot through there. You know, and then it became a thing of, like, chasing songs, right? Like, oh, you know, they played this in Buffalo, and it has yet to make it to the West Coast. So, you know, you got to do everything to make sure you get that. And then I found Jerry band in like 91. And like, I was done. Like I didn't miss a single like Jerry Garcia, like solo, like Jerry band, um, you know, grateful dog, like anything that Jerry did outside of the grateful Dead, I literally saw everything until, you know, he passed away, unfortunately. Um, cause it was weird to me, right? Like, you know, especially in the nineties when I got on the bus, so to say, um, you know, you'd go to a stadium show, right? And like, oh, this dude like doesn't sound great, or that wasn't a great show, or whatever. Two weeks later, you'd go to some Jerry Band show, you know, and there'd be like two thousand people, and it would be like a completely different human being up there. He sounded great. He was fucking shredding, right? It was it was just crazy to me how much like of a juxtaposition, like the Grateful Dead versus Jerry Garcia band, or even like Garcia and Grisman, Grateful Dog, or any of that kind of off spin stuff in the later '90s. Like, clearly he was checked out, right, and not in good health, but you could tell, like, you know, he still loved the music, you know, so that, that's sort of what did it to
0: me. Got it. So how did your love of the dead become a business?
1: Uh, in 2013, I was doing a t-shirt brand called MBH, which was basically like bootleg Bart Simpson stuff, right? Um, coming more out of punk rock and skateboarding when I started going to Grateful Dead shows and, you know, discovered Shakedown and people making all their own stuff um it was funny to me that like you know the simpsons were pretty dominant on grateful dead lot in the early 90s but then you also had the simpsons and like you know like swap meets and like you know more like um whatever like hip-hop and stuff like you know it was crazy so that was always cool to me like that kind of perspective um i had gotten sued by fox a couple of times and then um (laughs) i started from a lot right like i started making because you know there would be like some stupid shirt on ebay that was like a size small with a tear in it and it was going for like five six hundred dollars and i was like dude i want that shirt but like i know what to do here i'll just remake them so that's how kind of from a lot like i started making merch and then um you know instagram started to pop up um so from the lot originally was um kind of like a graphic dump of grateful dead graphics between my friend jeremy and i who i do play dead with um and that was like early January 2015, like next week is actually the eight year anniversary. Um, and then, you know, like Fair the Well came around and we did a couple shirts for that. And um, then Dead & Co. got announced. And then, um, yeah, it just sort of like caught on. It was like really good timing, right? Like right time, right spot. And then in 2018, um, we were approached by Rhino to actually sign a license. So now both From the Lot and Play Dead have official licenses with The Grateful Dead. Um, So, you know, kind of like full circle from going to shows in 89, 90, starting the tour to like literally producing stuff legally at this point. Um, So yeah, it's cool. It's been cool. It's fun.
0: Thanks, Mason. Okay, so we had one person get it exactly. Larry Nailed1975. Larry is 59 and he's from Cranberry, New Jersey. Larry, how'd you figure that one out? So, how I
2: diagnosed that was a lot of what Mason said. Jerry was my favorite guy in the band. Um, and obviously, and I play guitar. And I, if I if I can, I'd like to plug my band out of New Jersey, the American Beauty Band. Oh,
0: love it. What kind of stuff do you guys play?
2: Um, I like 85, 90% dead, a little bit of Dylan, a little bit of band um we play in new york city at the bitter end and smaller clubs in in and around jersey and staten island uh like mason was saying jerry's my guy and you know he probably changed more throughout the course of the dead in terms of guitar tone and his voice and his phrasing so obviously the first thing i'm looking for is guitar tone and sound but the the reason i got 75 Is that there was a very short window where Keith played Fender Rhodes. And it was the 75 shows with the sometimes it was a little bit with the and Lagan, I think, but it just it sounded like it could have been 74, could have been 75, could have been 76. But then I was able to come down to 75 because it sounded like the Tiger. It did not sound it did not sound like the Travis Bean.
0: Very, very impressive. How'd you uh, get into the dead, Larry?
2: Uh, I, I, another plug, I went to a summer camp in upstate New York called Camp Baco um, in, in Minerva, New York. And I went there from 1974 to 1984. Um, I at the time when I started my first I was I was heavy into heavy rock. So my initial musical loves were um, Led Zeppelin, Led uh, Zeppelin. I, I was, I'll admit that I was not Kiss 2, being rigorously honest. I had my KISS and my Aerosmith moments. Um, and, and Camp Camp was 85% deadheads, and everybody else was into either into that and Springsteen and Bob Marley or heavy into Springsteen. And I wanted to, my first show was 9278 at the Meadowlands before they went to Egypt. And I wanted to go as a fifteen-year-old the year before uh, to Englishtown. was was my first desired show, uh, but my very repressive parents said, "No, you're not going there." But the uh, fifteen of my friends and I went to that show in Giant Stadium. So I guess they kind of. They they eased up a little bit, and I saw them then. Uh, I remember them broadcasting live from the Cap Theater in seventy eight in November of that year. Uh, I saw one eight seventy nine at the Garden, and then one ten seventy nine at Nassau Coliseum. I had just bought Live Dead, and, and I was off to the races. I went to college in upstate New York in Albany, uh, so I was able to hit. Uh, Springfield, New Haven, Hartford, Worcester, uh, Utica, Glens Falls, Rochester, Syracuse. But I did eventually do some schooling. Uh, I am I am a I am a grateful dentist. You know during <laughs> dur- during my during my school years from you know eighty two to eighty eight when I was paying more attention to school, I would do you know a couple of shows on tour. Um, but not do like every show. And then we moved back from Boston to New York, and then it was, oh, eight nights at the garden. let's go. so when when it was geographically convenient and worked with work, I was able to do a lot. I also saw them about two hundred and forty times. Uh, I don't have all my stubs, so my count is a little bit off. But uh, more than any other music, it it just speaks to me. it It fills my soul. Um, I I love the fish guys musically, but they don't have the songs. They don't have the songs. It's Hunter. And, and just the, the thing I love the most about the dead is a, how they changed from, you know, hardcore, heavy, crazy outside the loop jamming of 67, 68, 69, breaking it down to, to acoustic wooden music, like American beauty, and, and how they changed and morphed through the years. And then most particularly the fact that they're, they're really Americana because there's jazz, there's bluegrass, there's Chuck Berry rock and roll. There's a little bit of every kind of musical idiom in their music.
0: Wow. Great breakdown, Larry. So as a dentist, hey, hey, let's get back to this dentist talk, Larry. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. As a dentist, does it does it offend you personally when you see the nitrous mafia around the parking lot? Like, no. Yeah, um,
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm actually I'm actually sober a couple of years and uh I, I had more than my share, but um, you know, for me it nitrous was and is still around. I use it in my office. Um, I, I had lots of friends who said, LB bring a tank we'll we'll make some bread (laughs) and 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 i never did because you know not worth your license right a hundred percent correct um i'm a psychologist
3: there are certain things that are not worth your license i'm a
2: a little i'm a little more offended by how aggressive those guys are and uh, i've seen some pretty yeah i've seen i've seen some pretty nasty head stomping particularly in philly um, where they get to be very, very hardcore. and Territorial. Kinda, I, I, yeah, they're very territorial, and it's really kind of... Uh, it, it's not my way of the Grateful Dead.
0: Larry, you're on to the next round. Also on to the next round are Lila, Kimberly, and Smigo, who all guess 1974. I think we're going to wait to hear their origin stories until after the next song, but they're also on to the next round, which means Brian, I'm sorry you're eliminated. Um, Brian shaking his head. Brian, guess total 1967. Cho- total choke. <laughs> Brian, guess 1967. He is 44 and he's from Bourbonnais, Illinois, is that it?
4: Yeah, that's what I say, yep. yeah. Yeah, what would you hear there? You know what? I think I just got thrown off uh like maybe with maybe with like the the recording or something. I I was just going in between like too many years and I just totally choked when I, the 10 seconds was coming and I was like I just had to put something. So, yeah. That's a choke. But, <laughs> job, everybody. Larry loved loved here loved hearing your story. Great, great job hitting it head on. Um, yeah. So,
0: well, how did you get into the dead?
4: Um, when I went to college, like mid nineties. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the Chicago area. I remember going to the last show in the uh, and and hanging out in the parking lot. Uh, I wasn't into the music then. I just just wanted to kind of see what the scene was all about. And didn't not knowing that was my uh, last opportunity, my only opportunity that I would have had to see Jerry. Uh, But then I went to college and got into fish pretty quickly. Um, Did little mini tours with fish pretty much every year since '98. So I got into them. And then, you know, I thought it was so cool, you know, going to fish shows and early on, and there'd be, uh, you know, people with tapes, like giving you tapes of the dead. And I was just like, and I, I hadn't really listened to them that much, just a little bit, but like, just the value of those tapes like were so cool to me. Like they took the time to record them, took time to write out the whole set list on there. and They're just giving them away. So then I started taking them back to my dorm room and listening to them and, and you know, then started buying dick's picks. Um, and then you know, since then I've been going to see the other ones and um different, you know, different iterations of of what's been happening. I got to see um, I got to see this one of the soldier field uh GD50 shows, which is awesome. seeing Trey play up there. Going back and forth with Bobby on uh, throwing stones was like you know a highlight, a huge highlight for me. So since then, I mean, I think one of my favorite bands now is J Rad. I mean, seeing them, I think that they are they are doing their thing. They're they're carrying the torch, and I think that that's how the Dead music is going to live on is through bands like that. Uh, just saw them in Chicago, you know, a few weeks ago. Awesome, Killed Oh, at
0: the Riv, huh?
4: Yeah, yeah. I got to go to the Saturday night show. So they had a uh, they had a, um, a saxophone player there. So they did like an eyes of the world in the first set, you know, which is you know, killed it, you know I love I love I love the I love the the Branford version, so they they kind of did a little homage to that. It was awesome.
0: Well, Brian, you're old. I appreciate you uh coming on and telling us <laughs> i'll
4: I'll mute and stay on and listen to the rest of you guys. You guys are awesome. Cool. appreciate it, Brian. All right,
0: Lila, Larry, Smigo, and Kimberly are on to the next round. We will meet um, Lila Kimberly and re-meets me shortly but first let's play the song
5: couldn't look at cold right First he saw this woman over here, July, to tell her where yesterday If you please, she Spook, Samson said, line up.
0: guests are in Samson and Delilah at the Henry J. Kaiser Convention Center in Oakland, California on March 1st, 1987. Mason, what appealed to you there? Why'd you pick that one?
1: So as I was going through different years and stuff, um, you know, I had a little checklist going so I wasn't repeating songs from Mike's previous shows. And that particular Samson stuck out to me because you know, pretty much so all the Samsons, but especially like mid 80s, early 80s. Samson to me was always really drum heavy, right? It was either like the second set opener or it was coming out of drums. This one was like fourth song in on second set. And it came out of like a really heavy Scarlet Fire. And, you know, it was like Jerry was sort of leading the charge on that, right? Like it wasn't drum heavy on the intro. And it just kind of stuck out to me a little bit. And then. It just seemed very unique, right? And not like your typical Sansom.
0: Thanks, Mason. Smigo, our returning champ, guess 1989, he was closest. He's on to the next round. Smigo is 40. He's from West Branch, Michigan. Smigo, how'd you figure that one out?
6: Well, you know, the the intro to it was definitely different, right? And it kind of reminded me of uh, New Year's Eve 76 at the Cow Palace. It has this super funky phil led intro you know not just the drums but i knew it wasn't that but uh i just but it, it this was immediately what i thought of and I, 87 was my initial my initial thought due to bobby's voice but at the end when they were r- wrapping it up there and and brent's on there it just kind of reminded me 1989 stuck out to me so that's what i put in there
0: nice work larry b was next closest 1982 Larry, anything you want to add to, um, to Smigo's breakdown there?
2: Uh, I, was, I was here at here, here a little earlier 80, uh, and, and what kind of threw me off a little was, was Jerry's vocal was really like clean and crisp at the end of the chorus, which kind of led me to lean earlier 80 versus later 80.
0: Lila, great to meet you finally. You are 38, and you're from Greenville, South Carolina. You're on to the next round because you guessed 1981. What'd you hear there?
7: Well, I don't know. I knew it was Brent. I just, I went too early. I actually thought I was eliminated. So I'm so excited. Then <laughs> Going on to the next round. Um, I feel like I don't have even close to the technical knowledge that everybody else. I listened to, like I saw your post online and I impulsively was like, oh, I want to play. And I emailed you and then I listened to it. A couple episodes and was like oh my god like you know <laughs> um i've never you know i've always listened to grateful dead my whole life but not i'm not one of those technical or organized people that can tell you like oh it's this you know it's just a general like oh this one sounds early or whatever so i'm just excited to be here thanks for putting this on
0: well thanks for doing it lila and you were on to the semifinals. how did you get into the dead
7: um when I was like in fifth grade, I had a guitar teacher that was into Grateful Dead and fish. And um, so I, you know, started learning songs and went out and got like American Beauty Skeletons from the Closet, um, my first couple fish CDs, and then, you know, Dick's Picks. And um, I was in fifth grade when Jerry died. So I never got to see Jerry, but um, I've seen all the different you know, groups or whatever. I went to playing in the sand one time. Um, I saw Phil a couple weekends ago at Christmas jam. It was phenomenal. Um, so anyway, I just, that's about it.
0: Fantastic. Well, you're on the next round, Lila. Congrats. Um, Kimberly, you are, well, first of uh-huh. all, I'm sorry. You, you guessed 1980,
3: you're one and year I, off. And I, I, and I, I meant to say 88 and what came out was 80 because of where my fingers went and i hit I, but i'm willing to accept elimination uh, no.
0: well kimberly but i did there, mean something...
3: 88 instead of 80 i went and, and i went
0: oh oh uh, i'm i'm sorry kimberly um well we have uh, the bad connection redemption bracket so i think that will qualify so we can have you back and you can have redemption in the meantime though how'd you get into the dead
3: Oh, dear. It was 1983, and my mother had passed away, had been displaced and moved to a different area, and people I had known my entire life said, come see this band with me. And up until then, had been pretty against Grateful Dad, because I went hardcore punk rock, which is why I associated with punk rock. And it was, you know, late 70s, early 80s, and just. Um, and I went to Worcester, Massachusetts in October of 1983 to see the Grateful Dead and looked around and went, Is this where everyone like me has been? Oh dear. Okay. Wow. All right. And so I kind of rejected New Wave and what else was coming in the future for probably the next two decades and retreated back and just started seeing shows. As many shows as I could see, as often as I could see, I was in high school and 15. And so um I will say I'm a doctor now, but it took me 12 years to finish undergraduate school because I kept going on tour and stopping and my family's like what's going on I'm like going on tour <laughs> and so um it kind of took off from there
0: how do you explain that to people who don't get it who see like oh my god you're you're delaying being a doctor this lucrative profession how do you explain to them why you prefer to go on yeah
3: care? okay after Jerry's first coma in 1986 I went oh shit if I had graduated <laughs> In 85, and went, okay, at some point, I'm going to need something to fall back on. However, I have a limited amount of time. Limited amount of time. My education is not going anywhere. Neither is college. Neither is paying for college. And so that was the route I, I took. And for those out there, I still got to be a doctor. Yes. Um. But so it just was a priority issue for me because I knew Jerry wasn't going to last.
0: And how many shows did you end up seeing?
3: Um, I saw 239 Grateful Dead shows with Jerry. I kind of stopped counting. After that, at first I was like, well, there's the other ones and there's further and there's the dead. And I was like, I'm going to kill myself with the asterisk." So I leave myself at 239.
0: 239 is a lot of shows. Do you often or ever meet people who have been to that number of shows?
3: When I tell you they saved my life, this I, I, no not the place to get into kind of what led to that. But lost and alone and then went, wow, this is where my people are. And that was it. That's belonging. A sense of belonging. And as I did belong.
0: By the music and also the community. of Correct.
3: Correct. Very much so. And I'm an East Coast deadhead. I started out as a Bobby bunny. Okay. Like Bobby's legs in the short shorts. You know. Bobby bunny. bunny. And it was like, wow, okay. Bobby's hot.
2: Never heard Bobby that before. Was
3: hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bobby was still hot. go. That's Kim. I was a Bobby Bunny, and then, um I left for college <laughs> as quickly as I could to get away Bobby from Bunny. my family and went west. and eventually ended up in Berkeley because I figured I would see Jerry in in the grocery store somewhere. Um, needed to be close to it. and got to see him, in, I can't tell you how many times, at Wolfgang's and Stone in San Francisco. Just, like I said, I, I dove I dove in. But once I got to the West Coast, it became much more about Jerry. Um, not so much Jerry himself, but his piece of the music versus kind of the... It's, Rhythm guitar versus lead guitar. It's just very different. That Here is not the place, not the time for this in-depth conversation. But it, it, it it's complex, but full and wonderful. And they saved my life. And yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Kimberly. Uh really appreciate you being here.
3: Yeah, you're welcome. I'm going
0: to listen. Great. Lila, Larry, and Smigo are going on to the next round. There's only two spots in the Best of Three series to determine the winner of the Play Dead prize pack. Thank you again to Play Dead for donating it. Let's play the song.
5: Well cry, Lord, you don't move on. Hurt my eyes open but that's no lie. Fables turning, now it's that turn to cry. Cause I used to love her, but it's all over now. Yes, you I used to love her, but it's all well i used to wake the morning get my breakfast in bed when i got worried lord she's mike and head. now she's here in bed with every man in town just trying to take me for that safe old because i used to love her but it's all over now And i used to love her. but it's all
8: over now
5: over now
0: it's all over now at the warfield on february oh. 17th 1982 mason why
1: that song i believe it was episode two you played a rooster Dude, honestly i was like who the fuck listens to rooster you know what i mean (laughs) i was like i was like this could be 1995 this could be fucking 1965 like i don't pay attention to this song but the person i don't remember that person's name who who got it but their description which really like keyed me into your show um and it this show started making me listen to the grateful dead differently and keep in mind, man, like I started going to shows in 1989, right? Like, so this whole time I've been listening to the band one particular way, you know? And the guy was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Bobby's tone and like the silver ERS and blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, I couldn't name one of Bobby's guitars to save my life, you know, because I just don't pay attention to him. So as I was starting to pick out stuff for you and for this episode, um, you know, look it's all over now as I would a rooster. Right? Like that's a filler song, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, cool. It's a rad song, like whatever. But A, it was played a shitload. And B, like, are you really paying attention to it's all over now when it's on? You know, like you're talking to your buddy, you're smoking a joint, you're going to the bathroom, you're grabbing a beer, you know what I mean? It's usually like what, like fourth or fifth in the first set. So, you know, you're already warmed up and it's time to go like take a piss or something. You know what I mean? Like that, that's kind of how I got there. And then when I actually was like paying attention to it and like looked at where it lied in the set and it was like 82 and I'm not super 80s person. Um, it also like like Jerry's very clean, right? He's just strumming like you, you like Jerry's not really present in this version. Um, you know, it's all Bobby and Brent. And so I was like, oh, OK, that's cool. Right. Because you're not clicking into something you might normally click into. You know what I mean? But yeah that's the thing right like that's one of the reasons why i picked this because it was like this is like weird and obscure to me right like whatever like you know i'd rather talk about dark star for like fucking three days you know what i mean <laughs> like <laughs> talking about like it's all over now like wait what like who? i never paid attention to the song you know what i mean
0: that's why it's great for me to have different voices in the set list because i wouldn't have chosen that either so that's hidden here we are that was a great choice thanks mason um Larry was nodding along, and he was closest in 1983. Only one year off. How'd you figure that out?
2: Uh, uh, actually, I thought it was '82, and I was afraid to answer the same year twice in a row. But it <laughs> it, it kind of it had that early '80s feel. Um, Jerry was super clean. Uh, the keys were very low in the mix, but it just kind of had that early '80s sound to it. Is is the the cleanest idea I can give you?
0: Got it. And how do you feel about the 80s, early 80s and the mid 80s? Uh,
2: There were some really good shows and there were some pretty sloppy shows, but each each era and the thing that I loved most about the dead and, and I, too, had this spiritual community experience and walked into the room and said, this is where I belong. And Uh, I was standing next to a Hell's Angel in Madison Square Garden at my second show, shitting my pants. And and the guy leaned over and put his hand on my shoulder and said, don't worry, kid, I'll take care of you. You're going to be okay." But for me, um, the thing that I loved most about them was that it could be just a lackluster show because of the frame of mind I came into or whatever. And then just, you know, that that kismet would strike. You know, whether it was Jerry bringing a big room down to the size of a pin in a, in a Stella Blue or just there, there were even even if most of the show was was not, you know, even if it wasn't a show that was phenomenal from the first note to the last note, there was always that little bit of magic. And sometimes it came where he expected it and sometimes it didn't. And the early 80s were a lot like that for me. So, so a lot of shows then in co- you know, in my college years, and some of them were phenomenal, and some of them I didn't think were so great. But what what I wouldn't give to see another show filled with uh, "It's all over now" is in Little Red
0: Roosters now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Smego, so you you, yeah, man, I
6: just I I I couldn't hear keyboards at all, and it sounded like closing of Winterland.
0: Oh wait, had, time like, out. Sorry, Smigo. One second. Smigo guessed 1978. He's also in the next round. I did. Um, it's, okay. I, I heard
2: you, I heard that Winterland 78, 79, it, it was slumping,
0: it was
6: slumping yep. around. It, yep. it didn't have that same pace. And and yeah, but I, I that's I was listening. And I thought I heard I was like, Oh, she's back there. Like this is just some, some shitty audience recording or something. I don't even know. I but yeah, man, it's
0: 1978 is what I guess. Well, you're <laughs> on to the finals to face Larry. Oh Lila, man. Blair. You, you guessed um, <laughs> Lila, you guessed 73. I
7: couldn't hear Brent, and I thought I heard Donna. And then I tried to like, can I hear one or two drummers? And I was just completely off. And I did listen to several of the Winterlands recently, like 73, 74, 78. So it's all right. <laughs> yeah, you
0: did a great job. Um, I'm a huge fan of that 78 Winterland. Were you you just listened to that one?
7: Um, not the whole thing. And the last day since i signed up for this i've been like oh my god you know i've listened to this band forever but never noticed you know i just play random shows and never noticed i i like 89 a lot like there are certain years i'll look for those shows but i've never tried to play this game before it's really fun from now on i'm gonna do it all the time with (laughs) people
1: yeah it's cool like makes you listen to the music differently right yeah that's where like it got me into it i was like whoa and it's got me asking
7: like new questions about oh i want to hear this show when they went through you know this thing or it's it's a new way to learn about them i guess
0: lilo you said you like 89 Uh, why 89
7: it has like this sparkly sound to it um i feel like just i don't I know nothing about music. Like, I don't know if it's bells or what's going on with mostly, I guess it's Brent, but it just, but it's still more clean than the 90s.
0: Lila, I I love your characterization of sparkly. Mm. I feel that magic there with Brent on the keys. Thank you so much for being here. You did a great job.
7: Yeah. Thanks for letting me play.
0: Of course. Larry and Smigo, this is a heavyweight boxing match here in the finals <laughs> I had a feeling um, it's going to be me anywhere and it gets good too <laughs> it's, about, and, it's about to get good yeah Mason is uh, you know, there's no uh, Bertha's or Touch of grays coming at you I'll, I'll tell you that um, let's play the song <laughs> Right, the guests are in it was promised land at arizona state university in tempe on october 6th oh. 1977 mason uh why did that song appeal to you
1: this one threw me man like it didn't sound 77 when i first heard it right it was like it sounded like big phil right this to me mm-hmm. sounded like you know this was like an 89 90 phil but then jerry Right. It sounded like a seventy-three Jerry to me, right? And then like the tempo, it started to like, you know, seventy-seven, like whatever, iconic year. Um, in my opinion, 78, 79, things started to kind of like wind down a little bit. And I don't mean wind down, like, you know, I think there was some phenomenal stuff played in 77 or 78, 79, but wind down in terms of like tempo, right? So this was definitely not the 72 promised land that we're used to from like the Euro 72 stuff. Um, you know, it started to slow a little bit, but Phil is just so big on this one. It was really like when I, I went back to this one, probably the most on this list because I was just like, Oh, this doesn't sound like 77 to me at all. You know? Um, and it was like I was, yeah, I was, I was really like happy to find this one to be honest. Because um, and it just quite doesn't really sound like any other promised land, you know. Because either you're like, you know, the eighty nine ninety bigger sound, but everybody's on the same page, or you're early seventies and it's everybody's up tempo and on the same page. This one, it seemed like you know, it was like people were coming in from two different sides and met in the middle somewhere. That's why I kind of like went with this one.
0: I know you're a Jerry guy. But when listening to the recordings, do you often also zero in on Phil?
1: Yeah, I, I love Phil. Um right now, um, Phil is probably my most favorite surviving member or living member of the original Grateful Dead. Um I try and go see Phil as much as possible. Um Fortunate on the East Coast. I get to see him like nine times every October. Um plus he always does like Bethel and some other stuff out here. Um yeah, I just like Phil right? and Phil is like he he wasn't your typical bass player you know he did have that classical um upbringing um i think he approached the instrument differently um you know and when you get like a good phil show like you know when when phil's on like phil's on you know what i mean like phil can kind of like make or break a show that i'm listening to in my opinion um sometimes you know I, what i've noticed too a lot of times too if jerry is sort of having an off night per se like if phil's there to pick that up like it's still a great show you know what i mean so someone's like kind of like pulling Jerry along like come on buddy let's go you know what i mean you're not like upholding you're part of the deal or whatever so um yeah this one was good and um this particular board is like you know phil's really present on this one and he's like up front, loud, and big. And that's like one of the reasons why I actually like this version.
0: Awesome. Love a good fill breakdown. Thank you, Mason. <laughs> Larry uh, Larry was closer in 1979. What would you hear there, Larry? You go up one zero uh, in the series. It, it, I don't it, feel so bad. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it,
2: it, Mason was spot on. It didn't sound like 77. It didn't really? sound like a 77 recording. It didn't sound like the Travis Bean. Um it the the tempo was kind of jumpy and a a little bit kind of splotchy and a little uneven and and i was thinking that it sounded more to me like that late 79 sound but it was it was clearly late 70s to me and i I was i but again it, it just didn't you know most of those 77 recordings or the ones I'm used to listening to are those crystal clear Betty boards, you know, Richmond Richmond and, and, and you, you could put on like 30 seconds of Cornell and I'd know what show it was because they just, there certain shows have that sound. This, this clip did not, this was, it was tricky.
0: Smigo, you, you seem pretty uh, befuddled. I'm the man. Walk, and, walk us through here. Walk us through. Well, your, I mean, yeah. I
6: just didn't hear. I didn't hear. I didn't hear a keyboardist in the mix, one way or the other. You know, and I certainly couldn't hear Donna if she if she was there. And it, and it definitely, yeah. Like I said, it didn't sound like any '77 thing I've ever heard in my life. So um, yeah, I, I just couldn't hear. I can't if if I can't hear the keyboardist. I don't know. It's kind of strange. Yeah, that's I guess eighty-five.
2: The and, the, uh, the keys were low in those last two clips. Yeah, no, no question about it.
6: Yeah.
0: All right, Larry the Grateful Dentist goes up one zero in the series. One more, and he wins the prize pack donated by Play Dead. Smigo needs this one to tie it up. Let's play the song. Okay. The first ever instrumental only one. Uh, Nice work, Mason. It was supplication at Mississippi State Fairgrounds on December 19th, 1978. Mason, talk to us.
1: As, Mike, you and I were talking, um, being 12 episodes in now, starting to narrow down, uh, you know, you do have supplications, right? Um, You know, Bobby actually sings the average supplication is probably around six minutes and some change but Bobby doesn't really come in until like that five minute mark. Right. So it's, you know, pretty much so uh, instrumental for, you know, at least for the first two minutes on this show, um, you know, you have Slipknots, you have stuff like that. And, you know, in talking to Mike, it was, it was like, Oh, are you ever going to go there? Um, he does have something planned coming up, which completely blew my mind. And I kind of do feel sorry for whoever's going to be on that episode because it's fucking, I would not want to be a contestant on that, but, um, you know, so I thought this was interesting, right? Because now you're purely relying, you know, what is Bobby doing? What does Jerry sound like? You know, are there two drummers? Are there key like, you know, what what is, you know, the the keyboard player doing? Um, you know, you don't have the, you know, you can't tell Jerry's tone of voice, right? You can't hear Bobby's tone of voice, you can't hear Donna per se, or you know, Brent's tone of voice or whoever. Um, so you know, it was fun. I was like, Oh, this is like a wild card, right? Like you're purely paying attention to what people are doing. And then this one to me, it, it's weird, right? Like, you know, cause usually supplications coming out of lazy lightning and it's just a continuum. This one to me almost sounds like they just kind of started, like there was no lazy lightning, right? Like they're just like, okay, cool. Let's just start playing supplication. Um, so it, it doesn't each instrument almost is coming in. Um, a little bit slower, or a little bit different than what you would normally be used to. So that kind of threw me off a little bit. I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound like your average suffocation, or at least that I'm used to. And then as you're start, as it builds, and you're starting to get, which we sort of heard towards the end of that clip, was, dude, it kind of sounded like everybody was just fucking soloing themselves, like it, like nobody was paying attention to anybody else, right? Like Phil's fucking going off, Bobby's fucking tingling away, Jerry's just in his little, you know, repetitive pattern soloing that, you know, he sort of would fall into sometimes. So it was cool. Um it, that that one was cool. And I was like, you know, I wonder if people are going to be into this or not. Um you know, Mike and I talked about it and we we're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's see what happens, you know. So there you guys go.
0: <laughs> really nice choice. And I think it resonated because Larry and Smigo both guessed 1976. So they're only two years off in the same direction. Larry, uh, why 76?
2: It 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 had uh, it kind of felt like a 76 to me. Um, I guessed early. Um Jerry seemed to have heavy phase on the guitar, which I identified more with that era. Uh also Bob's guitar, super clean, that beautiful Ibanez guitar with just the the uber clean tone. Um and that it kind of that it it's it, it it was tough it was tough and again recording wise almost no awareness of the keys which might have led me a little bit later you know based on what Keith might have been using but the uh, 78 still would have been Keith
0: yep smigo what about you
6: yeah phil phil and jerry just sounded real it sounded real 76 to me but as it kept going on you know it I don't know but yeah it sounded like 76 to me that's all I know it sounded good yes it did it did
0: Larry's still up once you're in the series Samigo so needs this one to stay alive let's play the song
5: all the streets are Felt with rubble, ancient footprints are everywhere. Well, you could almost think that you see seeing double on a cold dark night on a Spanish day. Gonna Hotel room Where I got me dated But a chalice needs Slip on the she be right there with me When I pay my masterpiece Oh, they are suspended Inside the Coliseum Dodging lines Yes, and wasting time With all those mighty kings With the jungle I can hardly stand to see them. Rachel sure Has been a long, hard climb We'll roll through the back of my memory. Wearing are on a hilltop following a pack of wild geese. Yes, but someday life will be sweet like a rhapsody. When I paint my masterpiece.
0: All right, the guesses are in. When I Paint My Masterpiece at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum on February 27th, 1990.
1: Mason. So to me, like it was, we discussed earlier, right? Now you're starting to get into a bigger sound. But this particular version, like the band doesn't really come in until after Bobby's first verse. Um, and then he almost kind of like Comes in late on his second verse, so you get that little extra Jerry lick in there, right? Which kind of threw me off when I was first listening to it. Um, and you know, again, I do like Masterpiece a lot. Um, you know, I will go on record and say that I actually prefer Bobby's Masterpiece over Jerry's Masterpiece. Um, and that would probably be the only thing that I would ever claim that about, but you know, <laughs> J- Jerry Band Masterpiece is just kind of. You know, I think you need that little Bobby squeal in there. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I do like Masterpiece a lot. And, you know, Masterpiece at this point, it became pretty standard, right? Like, you could almost put it in that same bucket as, like, It's All Over Now or, um, you know, even a Hell in a Bucket or, like, whatever, right? What? <laughs> Rooster. Yeah, man. Like, a lot of plays, especially in the 90s. You know what I mean? Like, it was pretty standard. Like, you know a three night run you probably heard masterpiece like four times you know what i mean like, <laughs> so that's what i was trying to go for this one
0: well larry and smego both got it exactly 1990 this heavyweight fight is living up to its billing <laughs> smego yeah. talk to us i mean just the, the the midi on the voice
6: the i don't know it just sounded like 1990 to me you know i don't it was awesome I, I don't, I'm not familiar with that one.
2: <clears throat> Larry, what'd you hear? Clearly Brent. I was thinking the same thing along with the rest of you guys. Is it 91? Is it 92? And I was thinking maybe it was like 91 with Hornsby. And then I... there was that little Brent flourish that was just clearly Brent before Jerry Solo and. I thought, actually, I was thinking maybe it was a month later. I thought it might have been one of the Nassau shows from March of that year.
0: All right. Larry's still up 1-0. Let's play the song. That would be something at the Shoreline Amphitheater on June second, nineteen ninety five. Mason,
1: that was there? kind of the response. Uh, so lately, I've been on the like the heavy Beatles and like Beatles related trip, right? Like Wings, McCartney solo, Lennon solo, that psychedelic Beatles stuff. Um, that would be something, right? I think it debuted in like ninety or ninety one. Um, you know, went to ninety five played so times but for 95 jerry's voice sounds really good to me considering you know they basically were done a month later um so that threw me off um you know and again like talk about the not so obvious right like sure we could talk about like a little red rooster all day long but like dude, when the hell would like that would be something that would come up in a conversation so that was kind of like I was like, okay, here's a Jerry song, but this is a Jerry song that we've probably never discussed, you know what I mean? Um, So that's sort of where I got to that, and then I was like, you know, for me, like, an obvious, for people who know me, or follow along on my little Instagram, you know, oh, dude, like, 1969, so I was like, yo, let me go the complete opposite direction of anything, anything I would expect out of myself, much less anybody would expect out of me, so yeah, man, like, 1995, right, because, like, who wants to talk about 1995 Grateful Dead? Like that's you know what I mean. Like we, we don't yeah. go there, you know. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> well, it's a good excuse to talk about it now. Um, Larry guess 94. Ugh. He was close. He was closer. Smigo guessed 88. Larry, you're one year off. You were the new champ of Guess the Year. You win the prize pack donated by Play Dead. Congratulations, Doctor Larry. What'd you hear there?
2: I I think that song was strictly 94, 95 could be wrong i looked into oh, a little bit right. i, think, yeah, I think it was like it. 91. okay um i was thinking the same thing mason that you said was that jerry's guitar was clean his his singing was much better than most of 95 so that kind of i thought it was only those last couple of years and that's kind of where it led me to smegos yeah
6: <clears throat> Well, I, I will, I'm going to blame, so I brought these headphones just for this. I usually don't listen to music on headphones. I have, this is, I have a very nice my Christmas tree, but I have a very, very big old speakers. I listen to the Grateful Dead a lot, into my car a lot, and um, I don't know. I just couldn't hear keyboardists, and I, I'm not familiar with that song. I, uh, I I can't wait to keep listening and come back, hopefully on, yes, go. you're
0: gonna be back the champions. Champions.
6: right on. Nope. I'll, be yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be
0: there. I'll be there. I'll tell excited. you, I'll tell
6: you what, though. I, you know, I think we all are have our own biases in this music. And, um, the time the last 10 what's oh, it has been 10 days since the last one we did? I've so I, I was like, well, I've got to listen to all the I don't listen to, and uh, there's a lot of gems in there, there's a lot of good shit in there, and uh, it's i don't know you just you 20 uh, 20 something years for me half my life i've been obsessed with this band and i'm always finding new shit it's crazy
0: what did you find while uh trying to you know prepare yourself
6: just good shows from good shows from 95 86 84 85 just the things that i normally wouldn't be listening to and i love 91 i love the hornsby shit um I, i but um you know i and there's a couple shows in 92 that I like i i i for go-to's like my favorite so many roads i think it's 531 92 the sam boyd silver bowl um but other than that you know i i listened i like 87 to 90 and 72 to 74 to well and to 70 <laughs> to 77 you know yeah yep 78 yeah, yeah. even actually 78 i love closing of winterland 10 18, 78 is always that was like one of the first shows i i had just a crispy soundboard of and and that first set the first set of 10 18, 78 is all those kind of songs that mason was talking about like go take a piss. Like all those Bobby ragers, they're just all played to fucking perfection.
1: Right. Yeah. I've been on a big fall 84 trip lately, man. Mm-hmm. There's some really good stuff in there. Yeah. And I, you know, by me just saying fall 84, like when do you ever have that conversation? You know right. what I
0: mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, my goal for this for having uh, Mason on was to put someone else's voice in the set list. And Mason, I think you'd, you certainly had a different, uh, distinct voice and uh, I really appreciate you doing this, man.
1: Yeah. Thank you. This was really fun. And it was cool. It was challenging, right? To sort of like get out of the obvious or the go-tos or the comfort zone or how, you know, whatever you want to say it. It was just fun. Yeah. Well, so yeah, it was fun. It was cool. I, I had a lot of good, I had a good time doing this. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Oh yeah. Thank you, uh, Mason, and uh, for donating the prize pack, always championing the show from when we had like 10 listeners, literally. Uh, so thank you. And um, it was great to have you on. Dr. Larry, I think you're gonna be going for a while. Congratulations, (laughs) Smigo! You were had a great run. I I, I, I thought uh, you were gonna be going in for like I'm not kidding, like ten episodes based on last week. And only someone like Dr. Larry standing. Yeah, no. As soon as I,
6: I don't know. Yeah, I knew I knew Larry was the real deal pretty quick. But hey, man, I love you know it's it's like I I feel I I've listened to a lot of kindred spirits listening to your past episodes you know like it's there's you can go to a you can go to a show you can go to a dead and company show but you know the people that really like know this know it to this level like it's kind of few and far between
2: (laughs) man it's graduate level grateful dead yeah (laughs) it's it's master's and phd level but you know but
6: you know i've but i've heard 18 year olds 22 year olds on this show that are like you know just a couple years under their belt and they're they're
2: they're you don't. Getting, getting you it. don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't have to have seen Jerry to get it. So on no, yeah, no, no the first and,
6: episode, Jerry died on my 15th birthday. Mm. And my dad's birthday is August
2: 1st. Um, Jerry, Jerry said once in an interview that someday I won't need to do this anymore because there will be a million little Grateful Dead's all over the place carrying the spirit on. And that's you know that's what we try and do in an American Beauty Band, and uh, we just uh, this mu- like no other music. This music speaks to me, and like Lila said, it it makes me feel all sparkly inside.
0: Oh, beautiful button and well put. And and real quick, Larry, what's your? Do you have a, guys have like a social media handle or something? We we American we Beauty?
2: have a our website is www.americanbeautyband.net. dot net. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at American Beauty Band. Uh, it might be American Beauty Band NJ, but uh, we play in the Greater New York area, and we uh, we did 26 shows this past year. Uh, yeah. And we we will be closing our we will be closing our 2022 schedule tomorrow night at the place we played more than anywhere else in Metuchen, New Jersey, at Haley's Harp and Pub. One of the top ten Irish pubs in the state of New Jersey, um, and tomorrow night will be our 16th gig there. Do you do any live you streaming guys- with live streaming your shows? We we don't, but we're we just got up on Archive.
0: Go right on.
2: So you can you can find <laughs> us on Archive too.
0: I'll be listening. And what what instrument do you play? Like?
2: I I um, I'm the Jerry. Although, wow. we, uh-huh. although we we kind of we have our 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 second guitar we've had a, a number of second guitar players in our seven year span. Um, and the guy who is, is filling in our second guitar slot now is really a, a very worthy and complimentary and really solid player. Uh, his name is Fred Scholl. Uh, Fred currently play is playing to, played tonight in the city. He's in the dude of life band, um, with the fish lyricist with, uh, Steve and, uh, Fred is a really beautiful, complimentary player, and he pushes me to new heights, and he's he's pushed me to learn to be a much better rhythm player to support him as well. So we really kind of have, like, not in, like, the, the classic Phil and Friends cue thing where it was just Jimmy and Warren going back and forth at each other, you know, at the same time, but I'll take a turn, keyboard player will take a turn, Fred will take a turn, we all sing. Uh, More like a a song-oriented approach to things, like we don't do 30-minute like dark stars and stuff like that. Um, But uh, yeah, it it keeps me sane.
0: Uh, I'm excited to check you out on Archive and excited to hear more about this. As you continue your run, Larry, you'll be back next week. Fantastic. I'm pulling for you, Larry. Smigo,
2: (laughs) Smigo, you are a a very worthy adversary. And uh, once you started sharing and talking about like what you were hearing and how you were listening, I was like, Shit, this guy's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, subscribe to Guest of the Year on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For show updates, follow us at Guest of the Year Show on Instagram. And if you want to be a contestant on the show, sponsor the show, or make comments, ask questions, email us at Guest at gmail.com. Shout out to Dylan, who's drawn the posters at 30,000 feet. Thank you again to Play Dead and our very own Mason uh, for... Sponsoring the show, donating the prize pack, and also for host, uh, hosting, co hosting with me and curating the set list. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to the amazing tapers whose recordings made the show possible. Congratulations to our new winner, the Grateful Dentist, Dr. Larry, and to other contestants. Thanks so much for playing. Remember, it's all one song, anyways.
8: And I bet you good night, good night, good night.